Good evening, everyone. Friends, John, John the Baptist, um, as we know from our studies, had a central role to play in the coming of the Savior. Uh, his role, as put forth by today's gospel reading, puts it, uh, he is to witness, and that is to speak about the light. The light is Jesus Christ. And John the Baptist proved to be a very courageous and effective witness. He was a strong personality, <laughs> to say the least, and he was a man of great integrity and principle. He did not settle for a life of comfort. He lived neither in a spacious hut nor a palace, but lived in the desert. His lifestyle, as well as his integrity, led uh, credence and authority to his words. He was a living example of what he preached. And when his task was done, with great humility, he moved aside to make way for Jesus. Today, Jesus still desires, wants, and needs witnesses. Fortunately, there are still people who witness faithfully and without great concern for themselves. There are many people who I could name from our parish. But the one that comes to mind immediately now is Deacon Dale. This parish will have the opportunity to journey with him as he makes his journey to Jerusalem. We will have the honor to walk with him as far as we are able and then to bid him farewell. It will require faith. We will see his, but he will rely on ours. And we must do this. We must. This is what we're called to do. An opportunity has come, and this parish will rise to that opportunity. My friends, there are many people in our parish um, who, as pastor, I get to know, and I witness their faith in action. And um, these folks witness to the light just as John the Baptist did, really. And now it will be your turn, each one of us. For many people in this world today, um, for them Christ has become a dim and very distant figure. As such, the words of today's gospel are literally true. There stands one among you whom you do not know or do not recognize. So Christ still needs his witnesses, us, people who can effectively and compassionately make him known to others. We cannot be a witness for the light if we are living in darkness. And that is not the same as being perfect. No one here can be perfect. At least not me. I'm assuming not you guys. 
but we have to be living in the light. A good and holy life is a strong witness, and it itself is a type of proclamation of the gospel. This would be what St. Francis of Assisi would have said, huh? But my friends, when religious practice is divorced from practicality in one's life, a vital element is missing. But when religious practice leads to deeds, practical deeds, and very effective witness is given for people, no witness reaches others as persuasively and free of suspicion as the witness of those who do what Jesus commanded and to do it with sincerity and joy. Without the witness of Christians, the face of Christ, seemingly already blurred for so many, will continue to fade from our world. That'll be our fault. He will continue to stand among us. My friends, I'll be absolutely clear about that. He will. But for many, he will be unknown and unrecognized and thus not experienced. And this is what becomes so important, that they experience the Christ. And if this does not happen, hearts will remain hurt and people will remain broken and people will remain imprisoned in darkness and the good news will not be preached to them. In Jesus the Christ, the hidden God comes clothed in our humanity. To see him is to see the Father, John 14, 9. Before the coming of Jesus, God was seen as distant and remote. But since the coming of Jesus, we who have faith no longer see God as someone remote or who does not like us. We know God as someone who is very close to us and who is concerned about each one of us. Jesus reveals God as a loving, compassionate, forgiving Father, a God who is not far away from us, but who is in our midst. Luke 22, verse 27, and who is deeply, deeply interested in us. He doesn't just like us. He loves us. What do you think about that, guys? Did you know that God loves you? A lot. A God who is especially close to the weak and the poor, and those who are overburdened. To know God in this way is a cause for joy. This is the joy which is proclaimed by the Gospels and which is announced to us now, and furthermore, the message and the task that we as his disciples today are asked to take to others. Luke 22, 29. My friends, uh, this third Sunday uh, is known as Gaudete Sunday, Rejoice Sunday. And uh, uh, the priests and deacons uh, usually wear rose, and the rose is kind of pink looking. <laughs> Candles lit. Uh, what does that mean? That means 
Christmas is almost here. Did you get that, guys? Christmas is over here. My friends, um, if you cannot see with your eyes of faith the reason for Gaudete Sunday, Rejoicing Sunday, then I would say let us go back to the foundation. What is Christmas really about? The real reason why Jesus came to earth. And we have our catechism to talk to us about that. The catechism of the Catholic Church tells us that Jesus came on Christmas for four reasons. The first one, the Word became flesh for us in order to save us by reconciling us with God. Number 457. The second reason Jesus came was so that we might know God's love. Number 458 of the Catechism. The third reason was to show us the way to be our model of holiness so that we would be able to walk in that path also. Number 459. And the fourth reason why the Word became flesh was to make us partakers of His nature. Item 460. In another matter of speaking, He came and made us adopted children of the Father, the Heavenly Father, with all the rights and benefits that it brings, especially of this one crucial one, the awareness that one day, one day, we will be sharing for all eternity in the very life of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That in itself is reason to rejoice. Always, as St. Paul says. And that sounds like a really, really difficult thing to do. How do you read? How do you, St. Paul says, you need to pray all the time, all the time. You know, I know you say, well, that's easy for you. You're the priest. <laughs> Is it? You think so? Huh. I got news for you. <laughs> but there's a practical way to go about St. Paul when he said that. Make your lives a living prayer. If you make everything about yourself a living prayer, then you pray unceasingly. Well, how do I do that? I just told you in the catechism. <laughs> Live lives of joy and peace and happiness. Testify to him. The first reading tells you the other way. Bring good tidings. Help those who are hurting. Spend time with them. These are the things that bring God glory. 